0: Tracy Reed loved Chris Hodges, probably more than anyone else in the world, even his family. She let Chris know this on many occasions, and she said that Chris always responded in kind. His actions, though, seemed to Tracy a little less than loving at times. His treatment of her sometimes made her think that Chris really didn't love her, at least not in the way that she loved him. Those are among the things that Tracy wrote Chris in the letters she sent or gave him, nearly weekly throughout the entire time they were dating. Chris saved all of the letters during his and Tracy's time together, and when he committed suicide, his mother returned the letters to Tracy. Tracy was extremely generous to allow me exclusive rights to view the letters she wrote to Chris over the years. I was also briefly able to talk to her.
1: The entire time we were dating, he didn't write me back a single time.
0: Not once?
1: No. I bugged him about it for a long time, but I eventually gave up when he wouldn't budge an inch.
0: And how did that make you feel?
1: I... I felt like he put up a brick wall around what he was thinking and feeling, and he wouldn't let me in, no matter how hard I tried.
0: After reading through more than 50 letters written over a three year plus span, I chose several of these letters that discussed important points and moments in Chris and Tracy's lives, or were representative of their relationship. I feel that the sample I have chosen will illustrate the relationship that these two young people shared before things went horribly wrong. The first letter is an early correspondence from Chris and Tracy's relationship, It shows some of the giddiness and initial excitement that the relationship held for Tracy. She said that Chris was less excited, but that he shared her enthusiasm for her and the time they spent together. I want to thank Tracy for sharing her letters with us.
1: August 15th, 1995. Hey, sweetheart. I tried going to sleep, but it didn't work because all I did was stare up at the ceiling and think about you because I miss you. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I guess I will figure it out sooner or later. I guess I never really realized how much we talked because I'm not tired at all, and I want to talk to you. But that's life for you, and life goes on, and it won't kill me not to talk to you for one night. Or will it? Well, it's about 9.30, and I thought I'd write you. I'll probably finish this tomorrow during the day, but until then, I'll focus on what's going on now. While I was picking up my room, I found a folder with a bunch of old poems and stories you gave me and realized how much I loved you. Well, I'm back. It's 10.20 a.m., I'm in psych, and we're doing absolutely nothing, so here I am. Well, I have no idea what to talk about. Strange. These guys are sitting here saying Hillary Clinton is president and that she rules the world. There's a major Clinton-Bush fight going on. Interesting. See you later. Love ya.
0: This next letter Tracy wrote in order to tell Chris a number of things about herself. The purpose of the letter is a sort of get-to-know-me. In it, Tracy talks about her likes and dislikes, her hopes and dreams. It gives great insight into who tracy reed is and why she was attracted to chris hodges
1: november 20th 1995. hey sweetheart i know you've been thinking about me because i've been thinking about you a lot i thought i'd write you this note to tell you more about your new favorite subject me let's see what are my favorite things i love going to the movies Grease is my all-time favorite i know every song by heart because i've seen it like six times I love any kind of romantic movies that, like, say anything or dream a little dream or stuff like that. I also love going to the beach. When I get my own place, I want it to be a beach house. I know I probably can't afford to move into a beach house right away, but someday I know I'll just get one. I love walking along the shore at sunset. That's, like, my favorite thing to do in the whole world. Maybe you'd like to do it with me sometime. I don't want to watch too much TV, though, because I love to spend time with my friends and you. I never miss Melrose or 90210, though. And yes, I love watching football and baseball. I mean, I know you're a big sports star and all, and I think that's cool. I plan on trying out for the Spirit Squad, but if I don't make it, I'll still come to the games to watch you play. The rest of the time, when I'm not doing homework or going to school, I'm hanging out with friends. That's the best thing to do in town, I think. But it's even better when you get to go to the beach with your friends. I can't wait for the summer. Well, I gotta run. More later. See ya. Love ya.
0: Tracy would continue writing different things about herself in her letters to Chris. Later on, her letters would grow more personal and she would talk about her past and family life. She often had problems with her father, who was unhappy about her dating at such a young age. She told Chris that he finally had to just accept that she was going to be dating because she was going to do it whether he wanted her to or not. She said he wasn't really happy about that, but eventually he didn't have much of a choice. By the time Valentine's Day arrived in 1996, Tracy and Chris were a hot item. They were one of the most popular couples at Leon High School and appeared to be in love to the teachers and students that observed them. They seemed to be very happy.
1: February 14th, 1996. Hey, sweetheart, I love you. I know I'm supposed to wait until our date tonight to get all romantic-like, but I just couldn't help it. I'm in love with you, Chris Hodges. I'm in love with the school quarterback. It's straight out of some trashy teen romance paperback, but I don't care. I love you. Since we've been together, I've been the happiest that I've been in a long time, and I owe it all to you. You are one of the sweetest, nicest guys I've ever met, and I just can't spend enough time with you. I love the way you talk to me. I love the way you talk to me, how you always tell me how good I look, blush, and how we always spend so much time together. You're the guy I've been looking for all my life, well, at least a few years now, and I love you. I can't say that enough times. I love you, I love you, I love you. Talk to you tonight. I love you.
0: Tracy's written declaration of love for Chris was only a prelude to the events that would take place that night as their celebration of Valentine's Day. The two went on a date which included a romantic dinner at Olive Garden, a heart-shaped box of chocolates, a dozen red roses from Chris, and a trip to nearby Panama City Beach for a two-day stay. Tracy's parents were out of town and were unaware of her trip to the beach with Chris. Chris's parents approved of the trip not knowing that Tracy was going along. The young couple stayed at a house owned by a friend of the Hodges family. The highlight of the trip was revealed in Tracy's next letter to Chris.
1: February 17th, 1996. Hey, lover. I never thought I'd be doing that at so young an age. If my parents knew, they'd kill me. More likely, they'd kill you. You did it. I never thought it was going to be so good. I always heard that it hurt the first time, but it only hurt a little. I'm not actually going to say what it is in case this note falls into the wrong hands, but you know what I'm talking about. It was the best Valentine's Day I've ever had. I can't wait to tell all my friends. Just kidding. It'll be our little secret. I love you.
0: Obviously, Chris and Tracy made love for the first time on that trip. In my conversation with Tracy, she revealed to me that the actual first time was Valentine's night almost immediately upon arrival at the beach house. They spent their time at the beach making love, playing and walking along the beach, and making more love. According to Tracy, Chris built the largest sandcastle she had ever seen and named it Castle de Tracy. Things would change upon the couple's return to Tallahassee, however.
1: February twenty third, 1996 Hey Chris, if I knew you were going to act like this, I would have never done what we did. It was so special and you were so sweet and now you're acting like an asshole. I can't believe you! How could you not even call me once we got back to town? I thought you loved me. You said it enough times that I can't possibly think otherwise and now you act like you don't even know me? I know you've been avoiding me at school, and I'm not happy about it. Hopefully you will be man enough to give me a call later and stop being such a jerk. Don't make me regret what I gave you. I didn't have to, you know. I wanted to, and you're making me think that I made a bad decision. Love you. Call me.
0: It seems that Chris had a bad reaction to the sexual activity he engaged in with Tracy. It may be that he was just behaving in a typical male fashion, or maybe there was some deeper reason for his behavior. According to Tracy... He did call that night, and they patched things up. Tracy said that she decided that she and Chris would not be making love again any time in the immediate future. The two did reconcile, and their relationship continued in a much better vein. Tracy didn't write any more letters to Chris for a while, and the next letter she did write addressed the difficulties in their relationship.
1: July 7th, 1996. Hey, sweetheart. I'm glad we got over all that bad stuff. I hate it when we fight. We're much better together when we get along. I'm glad you apologized for not talking to me after Valentine's Day. I always wanted to tell you that I was sorry for pressuring you about the whole thing. I realize you've got your own issues to deal with, and I don't want to push you if you need time in order to deal with whatever it is. I just wanted you to know that even if we had some trouble, I still love you. I'm glad we're not fighting anymore. See you later. Love ya.
0: Chris continued his good behavior for several months. Tracy told me that the time period just after they got over the first sexual encounter was their happiest time together. Tracy said that Chris was on his best behavior and was a complete gentleman and treated her exactly the way she wanted to be treated by a boyfriend. She said their love for each other grew and grew during this time period.
1: February 28th, 1997. Hey, sweetheart. I've been thinking, and since you've been such a great guy lately, and since the prom is coming up and all, I was thinking that we might want to try it again. I think we've both matured enough to give it another try. It was so good the first time we tried it. I just hope we can avoid what happened afterward this time. I love you and hope that we can move forward with this relationship. I love you. Talk to you later.
0: The prom was three weeks later and Tracy said that she and Chris did, in fact, make love again that night. To Tracy, the event itself was as memorable and enjoyable as it had been the first time. In the days after... Chris did not repeat his bad behavior from after their initial sexual encounter. Tracy said that Chris remained a perfect gentleman and that they made love several more times over the following months.
1: March 28th, 1997. Hey, sweetheart. I've realized lately how much I really, really love you. You're the best thing that's ever come into my life, and I don't know what I'd do without you. I love you. I feel that you and I are soulmates who are destined to be together forever. I love everything about you, your face, your eyes, your mind, your tongue. (laughs) There's nothing that the two of us with our love can't accomplish. I really love you a lot and I'll talk to you later.
0: Tracy and Chris were in love with each other. At least they were in Tracy's eyes and in the eyes of anyone who had seen the two during their time together. Now that Chris was gone, we may never know if he actually loved her or not. There were definitely signs that say he did love her, but there were also signs that said he didn't love her including his strange behavior.
1: April 17th, 1997. Hey Chris, are you okay? You've been acting really strange lately and I don't like it very much. You don't talk to me anymore. I mean, you talk, but you don't really say anything. I can't understand you, especially when you don't talk to me. We don't make love anymore. We barely go out anymore. It's like you're a different person. What's going on? I wish you would talk to me because I'm sure I can help you with whatever it is that's bothering you. Is it me? If so, I wish you would let me know. I don't purposely do anything to bug you, but it seems like I bug you anyway. Please let me know. Love you.
0: Tracy said that Chris was somewhat better for a while after she wrote him this note. He talked to her more, then went out more and even made love one more time. But it would be their last. Tracy didn't know it would be their last time together when she wrote the following letter, several days after they last made love.
1: December 3rd, 1997. Hey, sweetheart. I've been thinking about our upcoming graduation and what's going to happen after we're done with high school. I know I love you a lot, and I know I don't want to be apart from you. I know you have a big choice to make between college and baseball, and I want you to know that whatever your decision is, I'll stand by you. I'm definitely going to go to college, but I can go wherever you go, even if you play baseball. I'll go to a college near wherever it is that you're playing. You said that you want to keep playing sports beyond the college level, and that's okay with me. If you change your mind and quit playing sports, that's okay with me too. I don't just love you because you might be a millionaire someday soon, you know. I love you because of the person you are. I want to go ahead and get my bachelor's degree and then go to grad school, even if you make it as a rich pro baseball or football player. I know I'm making a little bit of an assumption that we'll stay together, but you haven't given me any indication otherwise. I know you love me, and I know I love you, and I hope we get married someday. I want to be the mother of your babies. I know you said you wanted to have children someday, and that's great. So do I. There's just so much for us to talk about when I think about our future. I just know we will be together. I'll talk to you later. Love ya.
0: One thing I noted in this last letter was a definite self-consciousness on Tracy's part. If she were so confident in her future together with Chris, she wouldn't feel the need to justify so many statements that Chris had apparently already told her yes to. Of course, in retrospect, she had reasons to question her relationship with Chris. He was giving her so many signs that things were not going well. Before too long, things began to get worse. Chris began to treat Tracy poorly, avoiding her, not returning her phone calls, having a short temper when they were together, ignoring her when she spoke to him. Chris wasn't the old Chris anymore. And he never would be again.
1: January 30th, 1998. We need to talk. I really don't even know where to start. Let's see. First of all, I've been doing a lot of thinking. I'm not comfortable. I thought we were dating. Everything is too much. I know there are things going on with you, but that gives you no right to treat me like you've been treating me. I love you, and I've been living with the thought that you love me too, but you make it very difficult to tell. I know we can work out whatever it is that's going on with you. All you have to do is ask me for help and I'll give it. Does this whole mess have something to do with that night when you disappeared? If it does, you still haven't told me anything about that night. It makes it very difficult to help you when you won't let me in. You have to let me know what's going on. One way or another, I've got to know. Call me when you figure things out, okay? Love you.
0: Apparently, Chris never made that call. Tracy said he continued his strange behavior, never really being himself again before he killed himself. Tracy said Chris was a different person over the last six months of his life. He wasn't the Chris she had known and loved for so long. He was a stranger. Tracy told me that this last letter was returned to her unopened. Chris never read the last letter Tracy, supposedly his true love, wrote him. By this time, he was too involved with his own demons and plans to talk to Tracy or listen to what she had to tell him.
1: April 1st, 1998 Chris, do you want to break up with me? I only ask because you haven't talked to me or returned my call for three days. What am I supposed to do? I've been crying for two days straight because of you. Why do you always have to be such an asshole? I don't give a fuck who you are or what happened to you. You don't have a right to treat me like this. I won't take it anymore. If you don't talk to me and some things don't change, we're going to have to break up. I hate that I have to say such words to you, but you've made me. I love you.
0: Did Chris Hodges actually love Tracy Reed as he claimed to in his suicide letter? It's difficult to tell from Tracy's perspective. She never was sure that he loved her, even though she was deeply in love with him. Did whatever happened that night prevent him from loving her or anyone else? Did it kill inside Chris the part of him that was capable of love? Did he love her and just not know how to express it? Was he just using her, or did he love her? We may never know, but there may be some clues in the journal that Chris wrote from 1994 to 1998. I am Jim Stormy Weathers, and you have been listening to the 8th chapter of All American, A True Crime Podcast.
1: Tina Pineda as
0: Tracy. Kenneth Quinnell as writer, director, and the character of Jim Stormy Weathers.